may not get to my notes today. Your friend Lazarus is sick, nigh unto death. You need to come pray for him. So they told Jesus that, and the Bible says that Jesus tarried. He stayed in Jericho. Now, a lot of us, we'd be throwing the kids in the car. We'd be putting gas in the car, and we'd be running to wherever it was to go pray for Lazarus. Sometimes God's delay is God's purpose. Sometimes God's delay is to help us to be able to see the glory of God a little later where we wouldn't have seen it before. It would have been much easier for Jesus just to leave Jericho that day and to get to Bethany, which was about two or three miles, four miles outside of Jerusalem. It would have been much easier for him to walk into that house and say, Lazarus, be healed, and Lazarus set up and say, I'm going to grill you some steaks, Jesus. As you can tell, we're getting closer to lunch, so I'm, my mind is starting to go to where it shouldn't be right now. That's what happened when he healed Peter's mother-in-law. The Bible says that she got up and cooked for him and took care of him, fed him. But Jesus intentionally stayed in Jericho. He did not panic. I'm talking to somebody now that's been panicking a lot. You can't panic. You can't panic. You can't freak out. You can't lose your mind up in here, up in here. I Rock is giving me signals right now. <laughs> I'll never forget the day. Brother Dave was sitting back there on the back row. Actually, he was standing worshiping. It was doing worship. And I looked back, and I saw, I thought Riker had both of his hands in the air. And I thought, that is so awesome. Even Riker's worshiping. And when I turned back around, I thought, that didn't look like his hands. And I turned back around, and it was his legs and his feet. So listen, if you, if you got boldness in your life and want to worship the Lord with your legs and feet, you ladies in skirts, I'd suggest not doing this, all right? But, you know, give it a shot. Riker can tell you how to do it. You can't panic. You can't freak out. Because everything's in God's timing. Panicking doesn't do you any good. Panicking only gets you more anxious. It only gets you more stressed out. It only gets you more wondering. And listen, anxiety is fear. You know anxiety is fear? And fear has torment. You know that's what the Word says? Fear has torment, but perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And God is love. What does that tell me? That tells me when there's fear in my life, if I get God in my life more, then that fear has to leave. There is no place for God and fear to dwell together. We look at the men in the Bible and the women in the Bible and we think they are so awesome and we actually read to the point where we intimidate ourselves saying, you know what, I would never be able to do what they did. But guess what? They didn't have the story already written and read like you did. They were writing the story as they went. God is trying to write a story in each of your lives. God is trying to write a story in each of our lives, and we have not seen the back of the book yet. And 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now, somebody in your sphere of influence will look back at the story that you are now writing today. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm an author. I'm an author. What do you mean I'm an author? Prophet Tom comes here and he tells me to write a book. And I have talked to the Lord since for 10 years. Prophet Tom's been coming here 10 years, and I'm still trying to figure out what book do I write. What do I write a book on? I could do like the magazines do, and people spend money for all these magazines. Half the magazine is all these d delicious recipes, and the other half is diets. Am I right? They show you one half of all of this stuff that you can eat, and it's so good. And the other half, they tell you how to lose eight pounds in three days. You want to tell me something? 
That one? Really? All right, we'll let you do that. In the Amplified? Oh, right there. Okay. I'll get right to it. Hang on. And so, you're writing a book. It's your life. It's your destiny. If everything was always smooth sailing, if you never had any opposition, you would be weak. Oh, what do you mean, pastor? You would be shallow. What do you mean? Why, well, how does resistance make me stronger? Resistance makes you stronger. Anybody a bodybuilder in here? Apparently I'm not. I mean I am, but I'm in a different category. I build with carbs and sugars and calories. Those of you who are serious about bodybuilding, the other way, go with protein. Protein. Macros, praise God. When you lift weights and build your muscle, it is built because of the resistance of that weight on your muscles. And that resistance begins to strengthen and, and produce and, and define those muscles in your body. Right? Amen? This is the same way with the Lord. When you go through struggles you build up resistance because the more the struggle intensifies, the stronger your resistance becomes to it, and that makes you a stronger man and woman of God. Jesus here, when he heard this, John chapter 11, verse 4 says, when he heard that, that Lazarus was sick, he said, this sickness is not to death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus said, this sickness is not to death, but Lazarus died. Why does Jesus talk like that? Why does Jesus think like that? You and I get in our struggles and we think that we're going to plumb die. You don't know if you can make it any further. You don't know if you can go another mile. Boy, this is a powerful one today because I'm telling you, you are speechless in Vandalia. Jesus said, it's not to death, but he did die, but it's for the glory. Your battle and your struggle is not for your death, but it's for his glory. God wants to build glory in you. When you first get the Holy Ghost, the first thing that happens when you walk out the door is the devil says, you didn't get the Holy Ghost. You're just making all that tongue talking up. Anybody can do that gibberish. Anybody can say that. Is that what he says? All right. Well, boy, I'm telling you. Anybody got the Holy Ghost in here? Let's try this one more time. We're going to raise our hand. Anybody got the Holy Ghost in here? All right. Did, did the devil tell you that when you got the Holy Ghost? Did you raise your hand for the world to see? Yes. But the longer you go through it and you realize that he's lying and you keep speaking in tongues, finally he's going to leave you alone. I've been speaking in tongues almost 40 years. Do you think he tells me I'm not speaking in tongues? No, he done gave up a long time ago on that. He looks at my DNA and he sees Mellinger and Zimmerman and he, he says something that he didn't believe he'd say. He said, my God, what a hardhead. What an absolute obstinate hardhead. But he'll come at me at a different battle and a different way and a struggle and he'll try to discredit the voices of, of authority in my life. He'll try to discredit the voices of mentors in my life. He'll, try to, he'll turn people on me that I thought would always be for me. And then he say, now what you going to do now? But i got to realize that I'm still standing, that it wasn't to try to kill me, but it was for the glory of God. God is trying to build in each one of you his glory. And the only way he can build his glory is it's through the struggle. The only way glory comes is through the struggle. 
struggle, pain, disappointment, anguish, loneliness. There were times, there are times when I've been lonely. And I went to certain people because I thought they were going to support me. Only to find out they turned on me and betrayed me. Oh, some of you know where I'm going. Some of you are in that right now. But in that struggle, in that loneliness, you've got one of two choices. You can either feed the loneliness and start saying, nobody cares. Everybody's against me. Everybody's hurting me. Oh, the pain, I can't take it anymore. Or you can go and you can say, it's your breath in my lungs, so I pour out my praise, pour out my praise, it's your breath. I can either look at my situation and magnify my situation or I can magnify the giver of the breath in my lungs or I can magnify the one who put himself on the cross and allowed himself to be butchered and died and shed his blood for me. I can either magnify the situation or I can magnify the Lord. And the Bible says, oh, come, let us reason together and let us magnify the Lord. Oh, come and magnify the Lord with me for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. There's only been one perfect person who has ever been on the earth. And what did we do with him? We slaughtered him. We crucified him. If we're going to if we're going to be like Jesus, anybody want to be like Jesus? Right? Now be careful because it depends on what part of the story you're reading. There was this one day I got real spiritual. I got real spiritual. And I said, now, Lord, I, I just, Lord, I just, I want to be like you. I was feeling real spiritual that day, real holy. <laughs> and Tim, I went to the mall here in town. There's either the Dollar Tree, Dollar General, or Walmart. Where are you, Ramseyites? You got a mall in Ramsey, you got Dollar General. St. Elmo, you got Dollar General. Come on. Next time you're going to Dollar General, you, you start speaking some faith. Where are you going? I'm going to the mall. Your wife's going to look at you and say, what? You're going to Fairview? No, I'm going to Dollar General. Amen. Look, it's all relative, right? Isn't it the greatest thing in those towns? Dollar. How many of you thank God for Dollar General in Ramsey? Yeah, we used to thank God for Casey's in Ramsey. Woo, hallelujah. And lo and behold, I got real spiritual, and I went to Walmart, and, and I was praying. I said, Lord, you know, I just want to be like you. And Tim, mm, I ran right into somebody from my past. Oh, wow. Isn't that something? Well, they got to go to Walmart, too. They got to go to the mall. And I had traveled the world with them. I had, I had been on trips shared hotel rooms with them, bus rides, all kinds of stuff. And when they saw me, they did the quickest turn and went down another aisle. They didn't say, hi, how you doing? They didn't even say, hey, how you doing? I want to say, how you doing? You doing okay? No. They just turned it. And the Lord said, He came into his own, and his own received him not. And I started feeling real bad about what I had prayed because I was feeling hurt for myself because of what they did to me. And I had just prayed right before that, Jesus, I just want to be like you. Just help me be like you, Jesus. 
And you know what? He was showing me exactly to what it was like to be like him. Don't rejoice because the demons are subject to you in my name, but rejoice because your name is written in heaven. How many people out of the billions of people that have lived on the face of the earth from the beginning of creation until the time of the white throne judgment and it's all said and done, how many of that percentage of people are going to have their names written in the Lamb's book of life? But out of all of those people, you and I are a select few that God has allowed us to have our names written in the Lamb's book of life. And that's why the devil hates you and that's why the devil fights you and that's why the devil comes against you is because he wants to get your name erased out of that book but I'm here to tell you that what God is trying to do he's not trying to kill you He's just trying to build up some glory in you. He's not trying to take you out. He's trying to put something in you. He's not trying to take away your integrity. He's not trying to take away your, your uh, self-esteem. He's not trying to do any of that, but he's trying to build some glory in there. And the only way he can build the glory is through the struggle. Through the struggle. Oh, pastor, you don't have any struggles. You're the pastor. Everything's good. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's all good. We all have struggles. As long as we're alive, we have struggles. Amen? If you don't have any other struggles, some of us, we struggle to get our shoes tied. Some of us, last thing we remember is before we just lay in there in the middle of the floor is we just tying our shoes. Because you, you passed out when you cut your air off trying to bend over to tie your shoes. I speak, Paul said, I speak from personal experience here. You're 15 minutes late for that appointment, you realize well, what in the world happened. Why am I laying here in the foyer? Hallelujah, the house. I was sitting on a step a minute ago. The last thing I remember, I was putting one rabbit ear and wrapping up and choking the other rabbit ear and pulling them together. And <gasps> Call me gone, I'll be leaving. Right? We all have struggles. Even the pastor has struggles. We have struggles. Everybody has struggles. Everybody has doubts. Everybody has bad days. Anybody have a bad day? Anybody had any good days? Anybody just thankful for your days? Hey, guess what? Some days are so bad that you really liked a lesser bad day. Right? If you, if you, if you have kids, enjoy them. I'm telling you now. Enjoy them at 8, 9, 10, 11 years old. Because something happens when they turn 14, 15, 25, and 30. Something happens. Okay? You, the thing is, they have left your control. Then you start seeing what grade you got as a parent. It's like, oh, Lord, have mercy. It was so much easier to tell them all, I want everybody, when you finish eating supper. Yeah, we had supper at our house. When you finish eating supper, you're going to all go up, and you're going to get your baths. You're going to do homework if you have homework, and then all of you are going to bed. But, Dad, it's only 530. That's right. Hopefully you'll be in bed by 630. Dad, it's July. That's right. It's going to be hard to go to sleep at first because the sun is still up. I understand that, but we're going to try. You can tell them what to do, and they would listen. But eventually it's like, oh, my Lord, they get big. And I've asked the Lord to forgive me for giving my mom and dad a hard time when I was 25 and thought I knew it all. And you just got to learn the hard way sometimes. How you like the hard way? I'm going to tell you one thing. When you go through hard, the school of hard knocks, you never forget the lesson. Once you went through the class, you never forget the lesson. 
Amen? You're gonna, you, and what do you say? I'll never do that again. I'll never do that again. But the struggle is real. And the tests will come. They're going to come whether you're the pastor or whether you're the, in charge of cleaning the baptistry. They're going to come whether you're the pastor or you're leading the choir. They're going to come no matter who you are, but simply because you have God in your life, you are a target. And the devil wants to take you out. But God is going to allow storms to come. If you don't believe me, go to the book where it says that they got in a ship and Jesus says we are going to the other side. And the Bible says that Jesus got down in the bow of the ship and fell asleep on a pillow. Anybody ever read that story before? And a storm comes up. And a storm rises up. And the disciples, now I want you to think about the disciples. Lauren, if you just search for pillow, you'll find it. I think it's in Mark, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. The Lord said, we're going from here to the other side. We're leaving Tiberias, and we're going to Capernaum. I've been to both places. I've been to Tiberias, and I've been to Capernaum. And the Sea of Galilee is not really an ocean or a sea. It is just a large lake. But the hills around the Sea of Galilee are so formed that when the winds blow across them and they start to hit the water, it's kind of like a, you know how Carlisle Lake is? Carlisle Lake, you know, there are more people that drown in Carlisle Lake than everybody else in the United States, I think. You always hear about it because Carlisle Lake is actually, it's a shallow, shallow lake. It's a very dangerous lake. So stay off Carlisle Lake. Amen. Mark 430, 38. All right, throw it up there when you get a chance. He said, we're going to leave here and we're going to the other side. And in the midst of the journey, of the storm, the winds come across those hills. Samaritans, Samaritans rocking. They come across those hills and those waves begin to rumble. Now, those men are not weekend warriors. They don't, they, don't have, they don't have a name on their boat that says church business. All right? You know how people name their boats? Right? Knew, a new preacher down in Texas. He liked horses. He had a horse named church business. This is before cell phones. Somebody called the church office needing the pastor. And the secretary would say, I'm sorry, he's not here right now. He's on. True story. I can take you right to the town and right to the church. Oh, I'm sorry, he's on church business right now. So if you hear I'm on church business, I don't know what I'm on. Might be on an old Harley electroslide. These guys were not warriors on the boat, okay? They knew how to handle a boat. They were fishermen. They knew that lake. They knew how to handle it. They were experienced sailors. Peter had a mouth like a sailor. You got scripture for it. Remember, outside in Jerusalem, when the little damsel said, I know that you're, you've been with Jesus, and the Bible says Peter said, no, we're not. First time, she said, I know you are. Just like a woman, just keep just keep picking at it. Just keep picking at that sore. Just keep picking. Here you come with that pinky finger in that. The third time she says, I know that you're part of them. The Bible says he cussed. He got so mad he cussed her. Said we are not part of them. These guys are experienced sailors. They're throwing stuff out of the boat. They're trying to get this boat under control. And while they're in the midst of the storm, Jesus is down asleep in the boat. Jesus is sleeping in the middle of the storm. Now, if you'll go into that chapter, you will see that the disciples are waking him up and saying, don't you care that we are about to die? Don't you care that we are fixing to die? That's what some of us are doing in our storms. We're saying, God, don't you care that I'm about to die? And this is what the heavens sound like. 
No answer. Don't you know that I am at my wit's end? Don't you know that I'm on my last leg? Don't you know that this is the last straw? Don't you know, God, what's going on in my life? You're in my boat. He's in your boat. He knows what's going on, but he's also God. He also knows the end from the beginning. He also knows the beginning from the end. He knows what's going on, and he knows what's going to happen. He's already in your boat. He's already sailing with you through the storm, although he's asleep. Although you think he doesn't care, he's right there. Because two things. Number one, he said We're getting in this thing together. The Lord is not giving you his spirit, birthing you into the kingdom to leave you halfway in the journey. Let me say that again. He didn't give you his spirit and bring you into this glorious kingdom of God and got you off of all of your addictions and out of all of your trash and pulled you out of all the stinking ditches that you've been in in your life just to leave you halfway on the journey. He said, I'm in this ship with you. Number two, he said, we will go to the other side. To him that endures to the end will I grant to set with me in my Father's throne. To him that overcomes is going to set in my Father's throne. If you just keep hanging on and keep overcoming, you're going to sit with him in his throne. If you just keep on keeping on and don't stop, don't give up. Come on, Dory. If you just keep swimming, swimming, just keep swimming, swimming. If you just keep showing up, if you just keep praying, if you just keep fasting, if you just keep doing what you know to do, he's in the ship. Amen. He's not going out. Do you think Jesus is going to put himself in a boat that's going to sink? He's not. If the boat would go down, he is able to speak a word and everybody be standing in Capernaum in a moment's time. Really, Pastor? Yeah, because he walked on water. Peter walked on water. Peter sunk. Jesus took him by the hand, picked him up, and the Bible says, and they were back in the boat. You see, you're watching the waves more than you're watching Jesus. Well, I've been falsely accused. You're watching the waves more than you're watching Jesus. I've been lied about waves more than Jesus. I've been cheated. I've been cheated. Come on, Frankie. Been mistreated. He knows it. When will... Will and will I be loved? Who is that? Who sang that other than Frankie? Linda Ronstadt. All right. By the way, are you seeing all of these people that sang 30 years ago? They're looking old. I think I saw a picture of Linda Ronstadt. I'm like, oh, my Lord, something happened. Something happened there. Guess what? I've been treated. I've been mistreated. I've been neglected. I've been lied about. I've been sold out. People turn their back on me. You're looking at the waves. You're not looking at Jesus. You're looking at the storm. You're not looking at Jesus. You've got to keep looking at Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews chapter number 12, verses 1 and 2. Who for the joy that was set for before him. Amen. For the joy that was set before him, he suffered the shame and endured the cross. Why? Because Jesus wasn't looking at a cross. He was looking at an upper room 50 days later where 120 would receive the Holy Spirit into their lives. And he was looking at 3,000 that same day that would get baptized. And then he saw 5,000. And then he saw 50,000. And then he saw a million in Ethiopia, 3 million in Ethiopia. Hallelujah, in the 21st century. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying you've got to get your eyes off of the storm and get your eyes on Jesus. You got to get your eye off of the problem and get your eyes on Jesus. Only Jesus. 
can satisfy your soul. Mm, come on now, Merle. Mm -hmm. Right? Only he, this is where I just put some words in there, can change your heart and make you whole. He'll give you peace you never knew, sweet love and joy. Yeah, am I right? In heaven too, only Jesus can satisfy your soul. And there's Lazarus. Back to Lazarus. Lazarus is dead, and Jesus is tarrying. Jesus decided, I'm going to spend another day in Jericho. I heard the Taco Bell's opening tomorrow, and I really wanted those 10 tacos for a dollar. But Lazarus is sick. This is for the glory of God. It's not unto death. But he said, I'm going to build some glory in him. And you know the story. He went the next day, or the next few days, he went. And Lazarus was dead. In fact, it, it, he, had to, he had to have been there at least four or five days later because Lazarus had died and was already in the tomb. And when he got there, he said, where have you laid him? And Martha said, oh, my Lord Jesus, he is going to stink. Because the Jews believed that on the third day, the angel, the death angel would come and would, be, would, would put, that's why they put spices on their bodies and stuff to kind of sweeten them up. Because on the third day, that's when the deterioration of the body, they believe, was set in. And she said, he's going to stink. So Jesus delayed up to four days before getting there. And you're looking at your situation and you say, I don't think I can go another four days. He's not going to put anything more on you than what you are able to bear. But without it, make a way of escape. First Corinthians, he said he's got a way and a plan and he's going to help you through your struggle and through your test. But the question is, are you looking at the waves more or are you looking to Jesus more? The question is, are you looking more at the circumstances or are you looking at the one who can change the circumstances? Are you looking at the one who is, who is trying to destroy and you think he's trying to pull out what really God is trying to put in? Amen. And guess what? Let's stand. I laid a lot of heaviness on you right there. I laid a lot of heaviness on you right there, brothers and sisters. God is trying to build in you. But I've been disappointed. God's trying to build. God is trying to do something. Guess what? That doesn't make any sense in our minds. Take your hand. Put it on your forehead. It doesn't make any sense here. It doesn't make any sense right here. God is not the God of sense. He's the one that said, I'm going to set a bush on fire and talk to a man that's going to deliver millions out of Egypt. And the bush never burned. He's the one that told that same man years later when they needed water, he said, I want you to hit the rock. When you hit the rock, water's going to come out. And he smote the rock with his rod, Moses did, and water comes out of a rock in the middle of a desert. Are you seeing what I'm saying? God doesn't make sense to us. God doesn't make sense to us. Well, why do bad things happen? It's called life. Bad things happen in life. Life brings us bad situations. Life brings us disappointments. It's not God just saying, oh, here we go. But the problem is, the problem is our response. How are we going to respond to it? How are you going to respond to it today? How's it going to happen? Then we consume ourselves with this. Lord, how are you going to fix this? That's not our worry. Our worry is not on how it's going to get fixed. Our worry is, am I showing the Lord enough attention to just trust him and believe that he wants to do this? You see what I'm saying? So, I would like for you that are in the struggle, 
I would like for you that this brief sermon of mine, if it has touched you, if it has helped you, I'd like you to just come on up front real fast. I'd like you to just come on up real fast. And why am I asking that? I'm asking that because guess what? The struggle is real. When I'm watching, when I'm watching these texts going by in our family, and I'm seeing the situation unfold, and the Lord gave a word, the Lord gave a word to us about this situation and how it would unfold, and thank God he did, because what this is for you today, this is your word that says, you know what, God, you're trying to build something in me. You're trying to build something in me. And so the next time the battle comes, that's what you're going to realize. Lord, you're building something in me. I'm just going to remember that. You're building something in me. You're in my ship. We're in a storm, but we're not going down. You said we're going to go to the other side. He said, I'm going to take you all the way to glory. You know what he said in John chapter 14? In my house, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there may ye be also. What is he saying? That's the promise. He says, I'm taking you to a mansion one day. I'm taking you to a mansion. But now I'm producing in you the faith and the strength to do it. Anybody else? Real quick. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. Here's what I need. I need a brother or sister. One or two behind each sister and each brother. Come on. Brother to brother, sister to sister. Some, come on. Some people that have been through a struggle. And you're going to pray. Come on, they're going to pray for you. Come on. Come on, they're going to pray for you. They're going to pray right now. Guess what? They didn't just march into the promised land. There were giants in the land that had to be removed. Oh, the prophecies that came, the word that came. I'm going to give you wells to drink out of that you did not dig. I'm going to give you vineyards to eat from that you did not plant. I'm going to give you houses to live in that you did not build. That sounds all glorious. What he failed to tell them was there's giants in the land. What he failed to tell us was there's going to be struggles at times. Hallelujah. Now, if you came up here, I just want you to lift your hands up. Close your eyes. And if you want to talk to the Lord, you can. Or if you just want to just cry, you can. Lord, you know the struggle I'm in right now. And I want the folks behind you to just put a hand on their, your shoulder and say, now, you know what? You know what? Hallelujah. Come on, the struggle. The struggle is so real, brothers and sisters. The struggle is so real. The struggle is real. God's got it. God's got it. Do I understand it all? I don't understand it all. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I don't understand all this. But Lord, I know something's good's gonna come out of it. I go to prepare a place for you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, the struggle so real, Jesus. But I believe, Lord. 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 In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Be 
all over this house. If you're still at your seat, just keep worshiping with us. If you're still at your seat, just keep praying with us. Hallelujah. Oh, the struggle is so real, but I'm in the ship with you. The battle is so hard, but the battle's not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Oh, it's so hard to live for you, God. The storm is so hard. Feels so wrong. God's building glory in you. God's building glory in you. God's building glory. Hallelujah. This isn't for death, but it's for the glory of God. This isn't for death, but it's for the glory of God. Lord, if you'd have been here when we needed you, Lazarus would not have died. But he's an on-time God. He's an on-time God. I'm building the glory in you. That's what God's saying today. I'm building the glory in you. I know it doesn't feel good. Surgery doesn't feel good. Having babies doesn't feel good. But I'm building glory in you. I'm building glory in you. Hallelujah. Come on, some of you have prayed, Lord, I want to be like you. So you're going through that prayer answering time now. You're going through that stress now. He's trying to build that glory. Lebo, Sunday, Lelebohaya. Yadiyamo Sataya Lebohataya. I'm building glory in you. I'm building glory in you. I'm building glory in you. Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus, you change everything. Oh, let's sing that. trying to strap you to the altar. Amen? And you want that heart to become holy ground. Sister Lauren, would you get for me 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. And I'm going to give you a scripture to, to take home with you. 
put in your backpack and carry it around all week. All right? You know the Lord knows what he's doing. You know the Lord knows what he's doing. Second Corinthians 4.17 For our light affliction Everybody say light affliction Which is but for a moment Just say a moment Works for us A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory You're only uncomfortable for a little while It's just temporary the storm don't last always. Soon the sun will shine. What causes the sun to shine is when a front blows through and blows the clouds away. Here in where we live in Illinois, we have the privilege of seeing those fronts coming in or those fronts going out just with the clouds and the way it, it works here. But I want to read to you what the, NI, or the New Living says in First or Second Corinthians 4.17. Oh, yeah, you would. The devil is a liar. Amen. It just went off the screen. But the devil's a liar. It says this, For our present troubles are small, and won't last very long. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. When you magnify the Lord, he gets bigger than your troubles, bigger than all your problems, bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. That glory outweighs them and that glory is going to last forever. Amen. Oh, you love your kids, mamas. You love your kids. Look at my kids. Look how happy they are. Look how wonderful they are. Oh, look at Johnny. Look at him. Look at Mila back there. Tried to take her diaper off in the middle of the dinner last night. That wasn't going to work. But look how beautiful she is but there was some pain and temporary discomfort that brought her into the world. They're beautiful now, but there's pain and discomfort. Backs are hurting. Oh, the kid's against my bladder. One of the most joyous times of traveling is with a pregnant mother. Honey, we just got off at exit 82, and now it's 92, and you want to get off again? I can't help it. He's against my bladder. Does that really happen? It does? I've never had that experience about the bladder. Oh, why? There's discomfort and there's pain. But oh, man, all the pictures you take of when they arrive and the graduations, kindergarten graduation, preschool graduation. I mean, if I have emotional scars and problems, it's because they did not celebrate my graduation until I was a senior in high school. Me and Brother Larry and Brother Den, we, we know, we, we have identified why we're nuts. They did not notice us until we were seniors in high school. That's what, I mean, look at them. We got pictures, you got video, you take pictures with your phone now and send it all over the world and the country. And look at, oh, look at Susie, look at Johnny. Look, Susie just pulled a hot tray of chocolate chip cookies down on her head off the counter. Isn't it wonderful? She burn her hand, but she's so cute. God's trying to build something in us. Pain is temporary. God is trying to build something in you. So when the devil tries to get you to doubt and wonder where God is and why haven't you answered me, God, and why aren't you talking to me, why is the heavens silent and I'm here losing my mind, why are the heavens silent and nobody's talking to me, that's when you just focus on him and realize he's building glory in you. This doesn't make any sense to my natural brain.
but he's building glory in me. It doesn't make any sense to my reasoning, but he's building glory in me. And you know what? It will come to pass that you will see why the glory is coming. You'll see it. It just takes time. Amen? Amen. Can we sing that chorus one more time, Sister Macy? Wow. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. In wonder and surrender we fall down. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Let every burning heart be holy ground. Jesus, let every heart of ours become holy ground that you can build on. Let my heart become holy ground. Let every heart in here become holy ground that you can build your kingdom. You can build the cloak ministry. You can build, Lord, the forgiving ministry. You can put the faith ministry in us. Lord, all of that, everything, the Lord, in your kingdom, put it in us. But prepare our hearts, and that's what the pain is for. That's why the struggle is there. Because you're preparing, God. You're working on a heart that has been tattered by sin, a heart that has been battered by sin, a heart that has been tainted by sin. And Lord, my flesh wants to wants to rise up against my spirit. My flesh wants to take control. My flesh wants to wants to take care of the situation. But Lord, that's not what you said. You said it's not to death, but it's to bring glory to God. And so, Lord, help me to have patience. Help me, Lord, to stand still and just watch you work. Let me, Lord, wait on you. Not just sit around and wait. I'm talking about waiting as a waiter. Let me wait on you as a waiter or a waitress. Let me wait with, on you with praise. Let me wait on you with worship. Let me wait on you, God, with my devotions and my walk with you daily and my faithfulness to you. God, give us the faithfulness that Job had. Yea, though he slay me yet will I trust in him. Lord, even if you don't show us the victory, God, in this life, we believe you're going to show us in the by and by. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.